Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pod Squad. We're continuing on this week with our theme of the experience of blind and visually impaired people at university. If you haven't heard part one, you might want to check that out. That's in episode six of the Pod Squad. But for now, let's crack straight on with part two. See you in a bit. I do agree with Rob in a lot of contexts that with the social side of things, um, where he's where he's mentioned about. I don't think it's quite to do with disability or visual impairment about whether people make friends. I think you know, like some people are shy and some people are more talkative, so to speak. I think I think that's more to do with it because I had a mixed experience on the music course. Um, you had a lot of the people that like to keep themselves to themselves. And there was also a lot of older students on, the, on there who had kids who would not necessarily want to socialise with people. But there was one girl on the music course who loved to socialise and I ended up making a friend there. And we, we went out a couple of times, you know, for Halloween, you know, a couple of nights out. And it was a similar situation in my flat as well. Um, different crowd of people doing different courses, my flatmates. The one flatmate there was really amazing. Um, and then there was another two flatmates who were um, a lot younger than me. So I think because of the age difference there, um, they obviously wanted to do their own thing. But I did have one flatmate who, you know, where we did used to do our things together. And then I ended up getting in with their, their group of friends. So, as I said, it's like a like a mixed experience. And I can tell you quite a funny story, um, if you like. Yeah, go for um, it. Absolutely. It's quite cool. I had a positive experience one one day. Um, one of my flatmates knocked on the door um, and he came in with his friend and he said, so you're studying music? So I was like, yeah, I'm studying music. He's like, oh, I see your keyboard set up there, you know, so you, you play the keyboards. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. I play the keyboard. And um, they said, well, we don't study music. We study film and video, but we do play guitars. And they said, we can see that you've got an amp there. So... Um, if you like, they said, we're thinking of trying to create some songs so we could all create a band. And I was thinking, oh, okay. Wow. And I said, well, you know, we'd have, we'd, we have to hire somewhere out. And they came up to me and they both started laughing, um, came and sat down on the bed. One, one of the guys sat on the chair, the other one came and sat on the bed. And they were like, we'll just do it in here. They opened my door wide up out into the corridor and they were like, your room is so tidy. I've never seen a student in the university with such a tidy room. They said, we'll use your room from now on. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. It was, that was a music studio instead of a, a bedroom with the mobility side of things. That was quite interesting. Cause at first I had my, they call them rehabilitation workers, uh, the adult social worker, but cause I lived in a certain catchment area, they were only allowed to give me um, support around that area. And because I was studying in Cardiff, they couldn't do that around the university, which due to some rule or rule or other, I don't know what. Um, but they passed it on to my note taker slash support worker, who then proceeded to help me around the building of the university. Um, I did, however, manage to learn my way from the accommodation to the university halls where the lectures were, which was fine because I'd only, I'd only be in one building. So my rehab officer did that with me, the outside campus tour. And then whilst I was in the building, I had the support worker walk around with me. And then sometimes I'd go off with a group of friends if they were up for socialising or up for meeting up and having some dinner or whatever like that. So the rehab officer worker uh, that you mentioned, is that something that you, um, you know, 
I don't know if applied is the right word, applied for, or is that something that the university got for you? Or this was something that I had before university, um, just in general to help out with general support. Okay, is this um, like a, a Roe v. Rehab officer? Yeah, yeah. Is she impaired yeah. for? Yeah. From the sensory team, the council. Ah, yeah. right. That's a that's a good point actually to look into to Roe v. That's a good idea actually, because um, as I mentioned earlier. I had a little bit of help um, for, especially on campus. I got, I had a very basic look at the nearest town and village to my university, very brief, like one night type of thing. Um, but other than that, I didn't know anything in my area, not until like second or third year. Um, I looked around a lot of different things. I, funny story, I actually got, um, uh, ref, not referred, but I was advised to speak to Age UK um, because nobody could figure out, you know, how to help me with mobility around my local area of my university. Age um, UK. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, I can't. I can't even remember where I went to, but I'm not kidding. One, you know, I inquired with the university, but they didn't do a, anything about, you know helping you find out what's in your local area etc which isn't good because I as I mentioned at the beginning I did event management so something you would expect you know event management student who's going to be doing events in the local area you know the student kind of needs to know the local area um to be able to hold the events um but I didn't really have much support there so I went to one person who sent me I think to citizens advice or something they sent me to somewhere else and then this other place sent me to Age UK. And by the end, I was just a bit fed up. You know, by that point, I was quite engrossed in all the academic side, etc. So, yeah, I kind of gave up for about a year. And then looked back into it when I got a bit fed up of not knowing where my test scores was. Sick of getting online orders. Like, yeah, now I just want to go find a Tesco's. Come on, guys, that's all I want. Here's a Tesco's. <laughs> how about the academic side we've talked a bit about the social side how about the academics how did you guys find that and you know that could be anything from you know dealing with note takers you know reading books or just you know practicalities of lectures and seminars um you know what did you guys experience pretty horrific um okay not a good starting point rob <laughs> but please tell us I'll more <laughs> okay, well, I, I have very understanding uh, lecturers and, and and such, but I I just remember feeling a bit lost and just feeling like I don't know whether it was coming from a uh, you know coming from a, a a very small sort of village and and, uh, and this sort of thing and and being in a school. I mean, I was in mainstream, but I had a a one to one and stuff. Um, but there was none of that. There was no note taker set up for me. This was being done through my DSA application for whatever reason, and um, nothing was happening. I didn't know a lot of the time where I had to be because I didn't know what <laughs> I didn't know the layout of the university. So I was asking, okay. "Where is lecture room X?" Blah blah blah. Um, and I remember just you know walking in once, and I was a bit late and because I've been trying to find the bloody place forever and just the lecture just carrying on around me. And I'm, it's a big thing with sort of, um, you know, like cinema seating, you know, when it's uh, like a, like a, yeah. uh, like a steeped or whatever you call it. Um, 
on different levels and just going, what am I doing? Am I just taking a seat? Do I need to be down the front? Because this is a big, big hall. I'm right at the top currently. Do I need to stagger down these stairs and be closer to everyone? Do I just sit at the back? Because nobody said anything. And they could, obviously, I walked in with a white cane and such, and I just thought, what, what's going on? Um, did you not have, um, sorry to interrupt, did, did you not have, uh, say, a note taker or someone who could, like, give you advice on that? Or were you literally completely on your own? I did not have a note taker. Um, not right. It was being applied for uh, at the same time as my DSA. Yes. And, you uh, did say yes. It, it, it just didn't appear. So I had to show up to lectures on my own and, as I say, not knowing where they were and, and everything. Um, at the start, initially, it was <laughs> was really tricky. And it, 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 it got a bit better when, it, when we did sort of practical stuff. We got put in a studio mm-hmm. um, because I was much more comfortable then. You had to talk to your your partners or whatever because you were working on something or um and it was a smaller room and, and quite easy to navigate or whatever but but in the lectures and, and such I, I yeah i was just just a bit lost really i had no equipment uh because the essay hadn't come through so i was trying to muddle through with a laptop that was dying you know my personal laptop which was just mm. almost dead and uh, yeah it was just 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 not nice to be honest with you um difficult Okay, um, how about you, Kyla? Well, me, it was a bit of a mix because, like, I had my note-taking support, so mm-hmm. that went really, really well. Um, my, well, my lessons were, like, a combination of, like, lectures slash, um, like, practical performance stuff and things. So I had my note-taker in the... the um, lecture stuff but then I would be on my own when it came to doing like be you know doing performances and being in the studio as it were and stuff so I mean that was fine um but the biggest issue I had was accessing um books material and stuff like that um because um like it just was not accessible to me and um well I remember this one time where I tried to get student support to make my material accessible for me my my scripts that I was learning at the time and they took so long doing it and at at that point like everybody else in my class had gone a bit more further further on like in their rehearsals and stuff um so after that experience uh that really horrible experience I just decided you know what I'm gonna have to just do this all on my own and find my own way of making things accessible <clears throat> so and that's okay because that's not um you know that's not really your job that's the uni's no. job but I had to do that and you know and, and that applied to everything that I did especially in my second year when I did musical theatre and I had to read sheet music you know <laughs> oh god <laughs> I, I had to I had to like get the original you know sheet music that I had to learn I had to scan it in and I had to enlarge it and then paste it into a word document so like with that kind of thing it took me hours to prep all of that before actually getting on to the main like work that everybody else was doing so I was having to put in more hours than what everybody else was when it came to work in general yeah I was saying that sounds like that must take must have taken forever for you to 
like yeah you know it sounds to me like I'm surprised you'd have time for anything else you know because you're having to do work that you shouldn't have you know been needed to do you know the uni or support DSA etc should have sorted all that because you're there to do the work like everyone else yeah and you not only had to do your job but you had to do their job at the same time yeah and I'd be knackered by the time I got around to starting the work just from preparing it I was sometimes I'd be doing all-nighters trying to make my scripts accessible or trying to make my sheet music accessible or you know or trying to find like a Kindle version of whatever book I needed to read or Mm. you know yeah it was ridiculous but actually through doing all of that in some ways it's made me a very resilient person because at the end of the day I didn't want to fail my degree so I was gonna do what it took to get to to get there so yeah well I said you know that's not what you should have been doing but at the same time it's really lovely to you that you know you've taken the positives out of it that you know you could tell uh, people or employers or you know whatever it is this happened but as you said I'm resilient I, I was obviously determined nothing was going to stop me and I still got through it and I did what I need what needed to be done um so that's really great that you turned that into a positive um Emily how about, how about you um as Kyla said um and as Rob mentioned uh the two things when you walked into the seminars obviously the lecture would be right at the front or wherever they would be and you just have to come in and make your own way in and sit down and just get to grips with what's going on and follow the follow the leader basically um that's the one thing that um i would have struggled with if i did not have a note taker slash the support worker that was with me um throughout this time it was explaining to me what was going on what was up on the board because uh, they had sometimes in lectures they had the projection screen with um so one of my modules was music for film and they would put videos on and play some music and show how the video um moved with the music and then luckily I had someone to describe that to me. But if there was no one there, um, that would be more difficult. Because um, obviously the lecturer would just be, be moving on through the slides. You know, he wouldn't have time to sit down and describe every little thing, although they, they should have done. The other thing as well is when we were given formatted, given our work, um, the formats were not accessible. Um, so those formats needed to be converted into a format which was accessible for me. So, for example, some things could have been on on Blackboard, um, which, again, I'm not really familiar with. And when I did try and use it, it wasn't reading out any information. So anyway, I was emailed that by my note taker, all the formats. And I was lucky enough to have um, a meeting before my studies with the lecturers to discuss what issues we might face when starting and what we can do to resolve these these issues. And they were understanding and they often asked me at the end of lectures, how did you find the lecture? Is there anything we can do for you um, in order to help you out? Did you understand everything that was going on? Yeah, I had um, I had a similar uh, experience because uh, I had a similar thing. I had um, a meeting with my lecturer anyway beforehand, uh, before I started my lectures, etc. Uh, but I also had a meeting with my note taker so we had a really good chat to get to know each other a little bit first um and we went through things I might need or things I might need her to think about you know for example as you said describing something on the board if it's visual describing videos etc etc um so I haven't got you know great things to say about the social side but the academic side 
the university that I attended, it wasn't the most aware uh, for visual impairment. But I've got to say, when it came to academics, the uh, my university, it was really open and they couldn't do enough for me. They literally said, if you need something, let us know and we will do what we can. I even got meetings, urgent appointments with accessibility staff, uh, lecturers, things like that when I needed them. Maybe I needed something, uh, a book read to me, you know, because my assignment is due next week, blah, blah, blah. I do something like that. Um, so they couldn't do enough for me academically. So in that sense, it was really, really good because uh, I personally had, um, so it was one person that did note-taking and they also did everything else under the sun. So, you know, reading things to me, uh, she'd be the one to go to the library with me to read books, etc. Um, did you guys have someone like that that, you know, would att- go to the library with you to, to read your books? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'd have the same person to come and read the books. So, you know, my note taker that was with me throughout the whole of the lectures. As kind of from what you said, I'm assuming you had to do it all yourself, though. I did. Um, well, I mean, I did in my second, third year have some like that note taker read stuff out for me like in, in books and that but you know at that point it was too further along there's one thing I forgot to mention as well um that was another um thing that helped me is that you can get scanning software which will scan these books although it takes a long time um sometimes there may have been possibilities where I'd have had to have done that as well I had a I, I did have a scanner like um like a a thing that scans and read books out to you through DSA but because it was inaccurate you know because it was inaccurate and because I couldn't rely on student support I just had to make things accessible for myself really um but in the end it got to a point where I actually spent a lot of money to invest in the Orcam my eye um because I just thought well, I needed something that that I could use and then I could access a book without having to try and convert it all the time um so that's what I did in the end it cost me a lot of money but actually I just thought well I needed to complete this degree so I you know I just thought it was a well good investment well that's fair enough if you thought it was worth it for yourself um I just wondered for one last thing each is there anything you would say to someone thinking of going to uni? Is there like any advice or, you know, a recommendation or anything you'd say about, you know, something to think about before attending? Um, I'd say look after yourself and look into, and I'm sure things have changed probably just since I was in uni seven years ago or whatever, but with the, you know, the growing uh, impetus into mental health and so on, Make sure you know what's available to you, what help is there and how you can get it. Because that was my problem, was that um, once everything sort of got on top of me and I I couldn't access materials, I didn't know where I was going. I'd already had to battle with um, school authorities when it came to equipment the year before for my A-levels, which meant I failed one of my A-levels, essentially. And I was just sick of it all. And I... I got into a, a place where I'd stopped going to lectures completely um, and I, w- I was quite heavily abusing substances and it was there was absolutely nobody there to, to, to check on me to say, are you all right? Are you? 
And now I, I could have done more, certainly, but I think the biggest thing I would say to anyone going is just make sure that you know that there is, or if there is, that there is help there if you need it. Because it can, university can be a scary thing. I think we under, I, I certainly underestimated it. Moving from a village of 400 to a city of a million and where the block of flats probably had more people than my village put together. And I just, I just got into a, a place where I, I couldn't get out of. And I remember that it was only after a month of missing lectures did I get one email saying, why are you missing lectures? But it wasn't, are you okay? Is there anything going on? Can we do anything for you? And by that point, I was too far gone to care. So it was just... Yeah, I, it's not very um, encouraging or motivating. No, because it was more like, we're going to kick you off this course if you keep if you start don't stop uh, you know coming to lectures and so on. That's practically what I would have said. I completely 100% agree with Rob there because that's exactly what I did. The first thing, uh, once getting onto campus properly, the first thing I did was to go look where's the accessibility department and I made a meeting with them to talk through, right, you know, what do you do? What services have you got, et cetera, et cetera. And I asked them, you know, what else is your, you know, oh, the student union, okay. Can I get help with from somebody to guide me up there so I can get a meeting so I can find out from them what they can, you know, provide me, what services they do. And I did that pretty much with sort of everywhere. And even if it was something as simple as getting a business card that I could take a photo of or scan. So I had a contact. I might not have got a meeting per se, but yeah, I went around. I oh, you don't want to know how many business cards I had on me by the end of like the first week. <laughs> I had so many, <laughs> but at least I had a contact. So if I had a problem crop up, I'd go, "Ooh, there's that person," and I had put all those details into my computer so it's accessible. So, ooh, an academic problem. Ah, I know. I'll look up the you know academic support department so I could call or email them or oh there's this this issue or I can contact mental health department whatever it is so 100% agree with that looking at exactly what you use I think that's true but my my main message I would say is start early that's what I would say if you're thinking of applying for a university course the earlier you start the the ball rolling the better because things do take a long time so you know, going from the application process, applying to looking around accommodation, trying to find out what support's available, applying for funding, going to lectures and trying to um, relate with a lecturer um, to try and find out how they can help you and the support worker, um, all this sort of thing. And just finding out what facilities there are available to help you, I'd say, try and start as early as, early as you can, really. Yeah, 100%, Emily. Um, Kyla, how about you? Uh, final words <laughs> if you find that you're needing support academically you know just you know if you're finding that you need the support just keep on emailing student support and keep on and on and on and on and on at them on nagging you, yes you need, yeah just nag them nag, because at the end of the day you're the one essentially that's paying to be there <laughs> so you're entitled you know to that support so keep on nagging basically for the support that you need thank you so much for that um emily kyla and rob uh if you have anything specific you'd like to know or any you know questions you'd like to ask email us if you've got questions or feedback for us and thank you for listening well thanks to emily meg and kyla for joining me for that chat that sort of serves as a kind of 
prequel to a further topic we'll be investigating. We wanted to look at the topic of specialist education, what's good about it, what goes wrong, and even perhaps delve into whether it is really the best option for blind and visually impaired children. We'll be talking about our own experiences and hearing some other voices and talking about what their experience was in various different establishments. We'll also be inviting everyone else to join in with the discussion. So look out on UCAN's social media for questions. If you'd like to join in, please don't hesitate. And don't worry, fans of the Grumpy Old Gits, a new episode will be coming very soon. But that's all for now. Once again, thanks for joining us. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch, the email is podsquad at youcanproductions.org. Podsquad at youcanproductions.org. Lots of love from the Pod Squad team, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.